Hello, everyone, and welcome back to P3, the PFOS Pulse podcast, the podcast companion to the PFOS Pulse subscription service put out by HRP Associates, the aggregator of everything you need to know about PFOS, past and present. I am here today with Jason Davis. Jason, can you introduce yourself? Let everybody know what your title is if they have not had the pleasure of hearing your voice before. Yes, sir. I am Jason Davis. I'm a project manager with HRP for approximately the last 12 years or 12 years in aggregate. I work primarily on the environmental health and safety side of the house with manufacturing and industry, all of the upfront permitting as well as the uh, continued compliance assistance. Awesome. And today we're talking NIPTES. Is that right? Yeah, NIPTES or National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System. It's uh, pretty much all things wastewater, stormwater. And specifically, we're talking today about PFAS discharges in EPA issued NIPTES permits and expectations. Jason, what does that mean for people like me? As in people who only have a layman's understanding of the PFAS world. So EPA has some NPDES authority. Um, most U.S. states, there are 36 states that have their own NPDES pretreatment authority, but the remainder of those have some oversight by EPA. And EPA came out with a memo April 28th of this year, which basically provided some guidance or oversight for how they are going to incorporate some PFAS considerations into the industrial user and the publicly owned treatment work permits that EPA has authority over. And this is about restricting PFAS discharges to water bodies, right? Ultimately, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Initially, it's incorporation of some effluent monitoring guidelines. Most of those monitoring periods are going to be quarterly in order to establish some effluent limit guidelines. They've also come out with some best management practices for limiting PFAS contamination within that guidance. And my belief is that we are going to see a lot of PFAS-related wastewater permit conditions for specific industries that are uh, suspected users or dischargers of PFAS-contaminated waters. So in addition to restrictions, what else is this going to enable EPA to do or to obtain? A lot of this information is going to have play with their health and safety guidelines, I believe. In addition to the effluent limit guidelines that they're attempting to generate with this monitoring data, there's also a public notice period to, in effect, let downstream water facilities that are intaking a a surface water body to make a drinking water standard aware of downstream potential PFAS contributors. So aside from potentially limiting PFAS discharge, it's also going to play into EPA's health and safety considerations. And is this like is this a new thing or are we seeing this inside of the PFAS strategic roadmap that we saw early in the earlier part of the year? It's a continuation of the strategic roadmap. This April 28th guideline was something that is in follow-up to an EPA memo or notice that came out, I believe, in either 20 or 21. 
not only are these industrial users and POTWs going to potentially be required to monitor their effluent on a quarterly basis, they're also going to have to look at implementing some best management practices as a part of the permit conditions that are coming out. Some of those best management practices include either product substitution, reduction, or altogether elimination. Some accidental discharge minimization will be in place by, you know, optimizing operations and good housekeeping processes and equipment decontamination or replacement, for example, in the metal finishing facilities where PFOS products have historically been used. So all of those best management practices on top of the effluent monitoring will potentially go into play. There's also some annual reporting that these guidelines are proposing via electronic reporting and, for example, a a discharge monitoring report system or net DMR. They're also going to include permit conditions not only for industrial users, but for the publicly owned treatment works or POTWs. And then there's ultimately going to be a recommended public notice period for draft permits that do have these PFAS effluent monitoring requirements and these PFAS best management practices. So if your facility has a permit with any of these PFAS requirements, it's going to public notice. And with the public notice comment process being what it's like, some of these draft permits may encounter some significant lengthy review and comment cycles. Now, does everyone who discharges wastewater and needs a permit to do so fall under this program? I don't believe that it's going to be pushed towards everybody. I think certain industries are going to be targeted first. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, there's about 14 different industries that are on the PFAS strategic roadmap. For example, organic chemical manufacturers, metal finishing, pulp and paper, textile mills, all of those 14 industries that are currently contained within the strategic roadmap. Okay. Uh, I think the big takeaway for me is there are 14 states, I believe, where EPA has the NPDES permitting authority. And this guideline is laying out a foundation for incorporating some PFOS permit conditions in all of the permits that are issued within those states. Get to ballpark how many people, entities, businesses, industries are going to be affected by this. What would you put that number as? Even at 100 industrial users and municipal POTWs, In 14 states, that's 1,400 permits. So if I had to guess, it would potentially be more than that. Minimum 1,400 permits will have these PFAS-related effluent monitoring requirements, incorporation of these best management practices as an actual permit condition. So I'm assuming that with the reporting that's going to be requested as part of this guideline, you'll have to provide some certification that you are implementing those best management practices or working towards getting those BMPs in place. So it is not an insignificant regulatory action, in my opinion. All right, Jason, thank you for joining us and for bringing us this very important information on PFOS. Everybody out there, if you are not already subscribed to the PFOS Pulse, head over to hrpassociates.com slash PFOS to subscribe today. And make sure to follow this feed for all the latest headlines and important information regarding PFOS. Again, that's hrpassociates.com slash PFOS to get on the Pulse. 
Jason, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's always great to hear from you. Everybody else, stay safe out there. We'll see you next time.